Welcome to season four of the Bees and Honey podcast. Today on episode one, you will hear from Vadis Turner about her new exhibition, uh, Cups and Grids at Gary on the Bowery in New York City. I hope you enjoy this. Hello. Yes, how are you? Uh, we did it. I'm well. How are you? <laughs> Good, yeah. <laughs> we managed to figure out the world of long distance conversations. Yes, one small accomplishment for us. We'll see we'll see what else we can cover today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm really grateful for the little things as you can imagine these days because if I concentrate on the big things, I'm liable to be suicidal. <laughs> I I totally hear you. I sort of feel like the expectations are high. The stakes are high and the expectations are low. You know? (laughs) Well Well said. The stakes are high for sure. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I didn't see you much in New York, but I I was very happy to see you wearing red, which is, I think, a a very strong color for now. You know, it's life affirming as far as I'm concerned. Tell me how the exhibition went. Like, uh, how did you come up with this exhibition, Cups and Grids? Well, first of all, thank you for coming by the show on the day that it opened. I know that, you know, it's all, all bets are off these days. So I was so grateful <laughs> um, that you came by and asked me to come back to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I guess I, I certainly want to talk about the, the work and the concept and everything that I made because I'm super proud of this show. But I also just mm-hmm. want to say, you know, in terms of like logistics, I mean, you know, producing a show, not producing a show, that was a pleasure to make Uh during a pandemic because I frankly needed the deadline, you know, for my soul, you know, I I needed to do the work. And when the pandemic struck, uh, Gary understandably was like, you know, we don't know what September will look like. We don't know if this is going to be digital or partially on view or fully on view, but you know, chances are it's going to be digital. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I will be ready in September because this feels really good to at this particular time in the world and in my life to really tuck into my work and sink into it. I mean, yes. it always feels good to do that, but especially um, in the in the greater context of what was going on. And I was like, I'll be ready in September. But I think we all thought it was going to be digital. And it was to my I mean, great delight that they wanted to move forward and have the show happen in real life. But mm-hmm. also, you know, I had started making huge works, not even thinking about the floor plan, because when it's digital, the floor plan doesn't really doesn't matter, matter, right? Yeah. You can do yeah. whatever you want, uh, as mm-hmm. much as you want, as big as you want. So I like really overdid it in terms of production. And they were so great to help me like edit it down to like the most essential pieces. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, to get the work there, I mean, the logistics alone were so... Um, <clears throat> Challenging. Uh, Yeah, they were amazing, for lack of a better word. I mean, I had to come two weeks early to New York to quarantine so that I could show up, you know, safely to install my show and have appointments on the first two days of the show being open. And for me to quarantine for two weeks means I had to bring my eldest son, who's doing remote learning, to New York with me and homeschool him from a Brooklyn apartment. So anyway, it was just... um, I don't know. It was a wonderful and wild and strange confluence of events that brought the show into fruition. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, no, it's okay. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, uh, I saw some uh, things like the big red grid in the back. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of the last show you did, uh, Monoliths. I know you, you, the concept is different, but 
how different is it from the last work? I mean, it looks different, but in terms of your process and your brain working, how did it developed from that last uh, group of works. Right, well, and I'm glad you brought that piece up first because the large sort of stuffed, swollen red grid that's on sort of the main wall in the back when you walk in is mm -hmm. the, really the first piece that I resolved for this show. And it was definitely conceived on the wings of my last body of work, uh, Megaliths, which was uh, presented last year at the University of Colorado in Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that definitely had a megalith and, and monolithic, mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, uh, energy to it, but different that it is more of a clear grid and it had these new elements put in, in the interior of the grid. So that was made, yeah, that was the first piece that I resolved for this show. And this body of work, sort of speaking more broadly about it, unlike megaliths, was mm -hmm. much more intuitive. Um, it was it was really like following a scent and really like learning to, you know, trust my instincts and have the confidence to see them through. Megaliths, like previous bodies of work that I had made, was sort of based on a you know a package of uh, clear research, you know, based on like Neolithic. Um, uh, gender roles and Neolithic lifestyles and when man started to erect stone cir circles and megalithic structures and then in turn when people started to settle and traditional gender roles took place. So I based the last body of work on this research which I could expound upon and then this mm -hmm. one was different. This was about me really doing what I felt needed to be brought into the world and I didn't have to have the language all worked out for me beforehand. Um, mm -hmm. The language sort of came in tandem um, with the rhythm of the work. And, you know, in developing this body of work, it really started back in the spring when I was, I was following my own interests. I mean, not knowing if I could bring them into the studio, but I was sort of rediscovering my excitement and my passion for brutalist architecture. And I was also mm -hmm. studying the behavior and the biology of moths. Now, I was doing it for personal reasons, of course, hoping that I could bring it into the studio and make this awesome body of work from it. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, in reading about these two things, they were both interesting, but so separate from each other. I couldn't find the overlap or the cross section. And I, I don't know that there is one or I couldn't find one. And then, you know, I started fumbling around in the studio in the spring. And, you know, when I start every new body of work, I'm very I try to be very patient with myself about embracing bad ideas and just letting, you know, just enjoying the process of these bad ideas and bad drawings and just the fumbling and the clumsiness <laughs> that, that, you know, is every, I think, good starting point. Mm -hmm. But I, it wasn't going that well. Um, and then right when the pandemic began, I sort of had this aha moment that I forget every time I start new work, but I realized <laughs> that I have to insert myself into the work and my perspective on whatever position is in this time in my life um, mm -hmm. I have to insert that into the work so that it has fuel, you know, that I am I am part of it. So I don't know why it's always hard for me to get to that place, but I became the cross-section of these two topics. I became the overlay because, like many of us, I was trapped, you know. I sort of, like the moth, had the ability to fly, but like the brutalist architecture, was weighted down to the ground and confined, Right. So right. the work became about exploring these contrasts that the topic of moths and the, the examples of brutalist architecture brought to the table. So I was exploring the relationship between weight and flight, 
vulnerability and austerity and mm-hmm. systems and unfurlings and letting mm-hmm. the work just come from that place and lean in different directions as needed. Yeah, well, what I liked uh, about it, uh, besides it being decidedly different from the last body of work, is that it had this uh, sort of organic feel. Uh, I mean, the brutalist stuff for sure, but also uh, this nature. I mean, I don't know how else to describe mm-hmm. it, but for example, that the one that's the witch, I mean, I know it deals with some domestic stuff as yeah. well, but you could totally see it as a, a structure in nature related to moths, like their home or their, uh, when they're in this form before they become moths, like the pupa. Totally. I'm, I'm smiling and nodding yeah. over here. Yes. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. But why cups and grids? Uh, yeah, I still, I mean, I, I can see the forms there, but how does that relate to the architecture and the moths and stuff like that? Well, I mean, First of all, you know, I, I remember when I posted the title on Instagram, you commented, you were like, oh, it's like the tarot, you know, there's this sort right. of like elemental energy here. And I actually really would love mm-hmm. for you to talk about why you responded that way to those two words, just because I, mm-hmm. I don't know the answer to that, but I love that you said that. Would you mind actually before I answer? Well, I, I, well, I mean, only because they are very strong images and, uh, you know, uh, the tarot images have uh, specific meanings, each one has a different connotation and is about another aspect of life. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, these images that you have in the work can also become this, uh, a shortcut to certain aspects of life in the real world. Yeah. Like uh, something like that. No, I I love that you said that. And and I think that really resonates. Um, You know, how I came to Cups and Grids was, I guess I love things that have, um, I mean, I love the legacy of these two forms, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, how humans, when, when humans in early, evo- early evolution, you know, the creation of the vessel really changed our quality mm-hmm. of life. And also the mm-hmm. organization of the grid very much still defines how we live. Um, so right. there's this legacy and certainly art and just in our culture with, that these two forms carry with them or are potentially mm-hmm. burdened with in some ways. And on the idea mm-hmm. of a burden, both of these forms have a lot of like rules and expectations. Like a cup is supposed to hold something. It's supposed to be yeah. rounded. It's supposed to to work, it's supposed to look a certain way. And a grid, same mm-hmm. thing. It comes with these rules and expectations. And I guess, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the older I get, I'm like really resistant to rules and expectations these days. And I sort of, and, mm-hmm. and with the greater context of my work, I want the materials and now the cups and the grids to misbehave in some way. I want to use the materials or the structure of a grid or the expectations of a cup in a way that like betrays their intended function. So what happens when a vessel can't hold anything? or when a vessel is made of like something soft, or what happens when a grid becomes, looks like a grid, but it's limp. So it's like a soft linear system as opposed to something rigid with predictable horizontals and verticals. So, um, you know, I I like the expectations and the history and the legacy and sort of the burdens they bring with them. And and when I bring in my process and my Mm -hmm. materials, I wanna mess with that. Yes, yes. Well, I, I uh, like that answer as well, because it leads to my next question, which is how your work has 
changed or how it's reflecting the times in America now where uh, the expectations are being altered in some ways forcefully yeah. by the protagonists? Um, I, you know, I, that's such a good question to sort of think about how that relates to the microcosm of my studio and how what's happening in the microcosm mm -hmm. relates to the greater sort of sphere. Uh, mm -hmm. And I wish we had more time to talk about it. <laughs> but, um, I, I guess let me think about it. I mean, I, I guess in general, I like change. I mean, I, liked, mm -hmm. I like to pivot in my work. And I like mm -hmm. a lot. I want to give myself a lot of freedom to have the work, yeah, shape shift from, from one year to the next. And, you know, it, yeah. it changes a lot. And I don't know if some people would say too much, but... It all makes mm -hmm. sense to me, each evolution of the work, but I guess I really like the change. I mean, this is a totally ridiculous way to make a living. And like, if you don't, it is, <laughs> I mean, you know, and if you don't make it hard and if you don't have right. to problem solve and stimulate, and I just don't want to know what it's supposed to, I don't, I don't want to know what it's going to look like. You know, I want to have to figure yes, it out yes. and there's a real ebb and flow of control there. Um, so anyway, mm -hmm. I like the change just because it, 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 because that's how I'm learning in my own practice. Um, I mean, how that reflects to what's going on. I mean, I think, you know, the majority of this work was made during the pandemic, right? And mm -hmm. I feel like I sort of spoke to that earlier. But also the pandemic mm -hmm. is simultaneously happening with this, you know, crisis of leadership, um, for lack of a better, <laughs> more general description yeah, in yeah, our country. Yeah, and yeah. I live in a red yes. state, right? So I live yeah. like, to some yeah. degree in in the heart of it. So there's a lot of like, um, I have a lot of exposure to opinions that are in opposition to my own and it's, it's threatening right. and it's uncomfortable, you know, and I'm also raising children in that environment too. Mm -hmm. So I think the work reflects like there's a real severity and there's a real harshness and that the contrasts sort of that I experience in my local culture are also present, sorry, not president, mm -hmm. present, also present, present yeah. in the microcosm mm -hmm. of my studio with the contrasts mm -hmm. I'm presenting in these new works. Yeah, I mean, and I keep looking at them, even when there are different materials, uh, I guess some are wood, some are cloth, some are this uh woolen yarn or stuff and even the there's a leather piece mm -hmm. i think uh, all these grids and the way they're all tied up with this suggest this sort of bondage in our society like we have to get ourselves unwrapped or untied or on whatever from these uh 100 percent, and i feel that um yeah. yeah there is this tangling right that i mm -hmm. and there's this tangling mm -hmm. in the work there's this tangling sort of like you know mm -hmm. in the community but I also feel like just from my practice, like I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't need to make sense of everything. I don't need to like erase no, my no. fingerprint. And with this body of work, I really embrace right. the mess. Like I like the mess and yeah. I like the, yeah. I like the unruliness of some of these pieces yes. and to let that be yeah. their strength and not their weakness is something mm -hmm. that I'm excited about in the work. And it's something I'm excited about as a woman and um, you know, like mm -hmm. as a mom that the, that the, you know, you can simultaneously give off energy and be unglued, you know, and maybe that's like <laughs> the better way to do it instead of always trying to categorize something and have things make sense and add up and fit together. Right, right. And we don't live in a world that looks like that anyway. That's true. So I know you just launched this new exhibition, but what do you think you're going to be working on in the next <laughs> few months or how do you see things 
panning out in the next few months for us well, all? For, for us all, I cannot answer. I mean, I hope, I, I hope <laughs> there is an overthrow and a huge change. I hope there's, I hope there are even more shifts ahead. Um, you know, I, I certainly hope that's the case. I guess, you know, for my own practice, you know, it's funny. I, I always give myself permission to take a break after I finish a large body of work, but it's so hard because that's also mm-hmm. like you turning off, turning off the faucet at a cold stop when you're like really in the flow and you really know right. what to do next. And one thing is leading to the next. Mm-hmm. So I don't really want to stop, but I'm definitely going to slow down and, um, mm-hmm. and enjoy, you know, I feel like sometimes after a show, there's sort of this postpartum, you know, of like what mm, next true. or, Oh God, the lull and the dull yeah, and yeah. the silence. And I feel just such yeah. a great relief that it actually happened given, given the current climate and all the, yeah, and all the hurdles that the Geary and I had to, um, get through to make it. So I really feel a sense of calm and relief, but that is in sharp contrast to what I feel about what's going on outside the studio. So I will focus my efforts on making calls for Biden. Well, you know, I think uh, it's interesting, but uh, I follow this one uh, guru and she likes to say, in order to make the greater change outside, let's just focus on what we are right. doing. It's each person does what, so, you know, you are hunkering down in your world and doing your work. If everyone just focused and did their piece, the greater good would be taken care of like that. Uh, may it start with these words yeah. and go out yeah. uh, in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. Well said. But you mentioned that you had edited the exhibition because of the space. So there must be some other work you created that we didn't see in the show. Oh, my example. God. I have so much work. I mean, I have so yeah. Much well, work. you know, why don't you guys why don't you guys do a supplemental uh, exhibition online? Nonetheless, just because it's in the gallery doesn't mean the online aspect has to just this brilliant. You know, it, it, it's, no, it's, it, yeah, it's not that hard. You're to, absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, I know we have, it's like Instagram yeah. is a show, an exhibition 365 days a year with like absolutely no limits. But yeah. I also want to say this, you know, working with um, Poppy and Dolly and Brooke at Geary, I mean, they really mm-hmm. extended the show into their own office space. So for anyone listening, you know, the mm. show is up until mm-hmm. October 31st. And if the door is shut, mm-hmm. um, they're super happy to create, you know, to socially distance while people walk around and there are one to four or five additional works in the office area. So they were really nice to extend it into the backspace. And I actually like, I like the mess of the work with the, all the stuff that's happening in the office. Like there's a really nice, um, I don't know, there's a, a nice contrast and a nice harmony equally there too. So anyway, but yes, we have many Mm -hmm. pictures we can put online um, I don't know. I, I went for broke during the pandemic in the studio. Right. I really, I really turned on the midnight oil, which I'm grateful I got to do. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm just so grateful. Yeah. I, I'm grateful I get to do this and that, yep. I don't know, it all really happened. It's all really out there. And that other people are able to enjoy it as well and somehow get some uh, sustenance to get through these times yeah it's definitely got some grit you know this show has definitely got some grit it's not about um you know it's i hope it's sort of fierce and charged um more so Mm -hmm. than just aesthetically pleasing i hope it doesn't look like i have it all worked out in the best way no, well, it's uh, that's what I like about it. It's that it still has that uh, unfinished quality. I mean, all the the domestic stuff, like the knitting and stuff, you still see it. But there's also the the hard harshness. 
of some of the yeah and, and it's really because i it's brought good... out i mean i've always i always use materials that are kind of sourced from the domestic sphere but this time i actually mm-hmm. went into the foundation of the home so i brought insulation you know kind of reversed its position on the wall it's like usually hidden as a silencer and it becomes the object I pulled out you know I'm I'm working with concrete Mm -hmm. for the first time and partnering the concrete with bed sheets so something that's soft and malleable with something that's obviously very rough and tough and rigid and um, Mm -hmm. so yeah it was really um, it was like an excavation yes yes well, good luck with the show and enjoy the rest of the weekend. And hopefully I'll see you soon. When I go back, I will ask them to access the office space so I can see the other works uh, that well, are Well, please there. do. And thank you for going back. Thank you for inviting me back to your podcast. And I wish you all yeah. good things. And I'm grateful to know you. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Big kiss to your boys. And, and to your well. boy. All the best. Okay. Mm-hmm. Take care. Bye, Bye buddies. Thank you for joining us on this first episode of season four. Uh, Hopefully we'll be having you back here in the next few weeks on another podcast and stay tuned for more information about my upcoming project. Have a great week.